Recorded live at Toxin Tasting Studios, it's the Clerical Errors Podcast. The podcast that shows you what's behind the collar. Let's go. Brought to you live from the Toxin Tasting Studio, it is the Clerical Errors Podcast, where we take a look behind the collar. I'm Mulligan. I'm Berg. I'm Bert. I'm Vicker. Well, let us begin. How are you guys doing today? Just as great as I was doing about 15 minutes ago. <laughs> hey, thanks for taking the initiative on this, Bert. Yeah. Well, you know, I was just thinking I have to leave by 1130, and it's about 1102 right now, so we're on the countdown clock, folks. We're getting down to the last few minutes of my scintillating ability to do anything. So then we just have a short time to hear about what's going on in your world. What's going on in Bert's world? Party on. Because no. I think the listeners yeah. want to know what's, what's... So. Bert's World. All right. So what's going on in Bert's World? Um, well, last time, if you remember, I planted something like 150 trees and built hundreds of houses. And well, I remember that because miles I remember that miles. because I was so impressed that you had planted 150 trees without because <laughs> you said, well, what did you do before you came in? Well, I planted 150 trees. Right. And, right. And right. I was shocked. They're and all then, about a centimeter tall. And then I learned. Yes. <laughs> Uh, and they're made of like foam and stuff like that, and a needle, a needle for the trunk. You know. Anyway, it doesn't matter. The, the, but uh, um, what's really going on right now in Bert's world? Uh, two things. First of all, I'm learning how to cut out hexagons, little hexagons, and uh, hexagons have six sides. That's my favorite shape. I don't know why. It should be an octagon, right? You know, because it's right. a baptismal well, font. But you know, a better choice than a pentagram. Better choice than a pentagram. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. There. You know, why is it that we don't like pentagrams? I don't know. But see, that's the other thing, actually. The uh, the frame that my son and I came up with for uh, the hot air balloons, the 20 hot air balloons that he needs to launch in order to do some science experiment, uh, uh, the frame that we came up with is actually pentagonal. <laughs> so, you know, if we lose one of these things, some farmer in his field's going to pick up a pentagram and say, what in the world? Some Satanists launch hot air balloons? Yeah. That's crazy. But that, that's that's not. Just don't uh, have any animal remains close. You'll right. Be okay. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh dear. But uh, that's basically what we're doing. I'm helping my son with his science fair project, and uh, I haven't had any time to do anything else lately. So you've been teaching Latin, though, right? I have been teaching Latin. That's correct. Uh, and uh, basically, I, I have a uh, um, a homeschool family that's not my family, but. They have a daughter who's been through first and second form Latin, and this summer they approached me saying, help us, because I don't know if we can learn it as fast as she needs to learn it. And uh, so I said, well, I'll do what I can. And basically, this has turned into like a, a huge project, <laughs> too. So um, I, I uh, spent about two hours a week uh, studying so that I can spend about an hour teaching. Uh, so that, that's, a, that's a good thing. Good ratio of teaching to studying, and uh, it's great. Uh, they are actually paying me for this, which is something that's wonderful. Um, in a couple of months, maybe about six months, I'll have enough to buy a uh, liquid resin C, uh, a liquid resin 3D printer. Nice. That's the goal. So. Oh man, yeah, dude, yeah. it's gonna be rad. Yeah. Now, now, theologically speaking, how do we bring all of this together into one thing right? without just you know saying, well, this is the this is creation, right? You know. God creates these things for us to enjoy, and uh, and uh, He creates these things for us to you know help one another and and live together in this world that He's created, and so that's a good thing. So so yeah, d- explain these balloons to me a little bit more. Right, right. So it's basically a trash bag with a uh, with five straws. Uh, the, the the frame is five straws stuck together um, that are bendy straws, so that they they, they can bend mm-hmm. and make uh, that mm-hmm. angle for the you know the the. 
Pentagon, and uh, and then there are there are uh, um, uh, th- th- there's a wick in the middle that's suspended by a wire and wood contraption. It's got to be wire because the wire won't burn, and it's got to be wood because if the wire attached directly to the straw, the wire would heat enough to melt the straw. So. You have to have some insulation there. And then we're testing the fuels to see which fuel is best for fueling this contraption of the hot air balloon, whether it's gasoline, whether it's lighter fluid, whether it's uh, nail polish remover, (laughs) acetane, or... um, So so uh, some words of wording? Yes. Like, while you're working on that, if your son ever says, hey, Dad, can you sit in this lawn chair for a minute? (laughs) (laughs) Right, exactly. Don't do that. Uh, Don't do that. Yeah. Because he'll send me up... Yeah, yeah. You'll well, be the, you'll be the science science experiment. It was it was kind of interesting because it took us a long time to dial it in just right so that the bag would actually lift in the garage. But we we've got it so that it goes. We did one of these launches where the the bag must have been caught by some kind of a uh, a column of rising air because it went so far that we lost sight of it. It just it just went away. It was just gone, and. Uh, I was surprised, actually. I thought, well, it's going to go up about 100 feet or so, and it's going to come down, and but it must have been caught by rising air. So, Got so a, listener, if you find if you yeah if you find a black trash bag with uh, a pentagon uh, of straws on it, you know, no, it's not Satanists trying to uh, um, attack it, you. Yes, uh, no satanic panic this time, guys. No, not not at all. Right, exactly. This satanic panic from uh, Dungeons and Dragons, right? Is that yep? Yeah, 1980s. Yeah, yeah. So that's. Uh, that's what we're doing. And, you know, I think one thing that we can take out of this is that we live in a world that God has made, and it has, um, you know, there, there are uh, laws, physical laws that are, you know, in this world, and uh, that God, you know, he rules over all things, and that means he rules over this wonderful reaction that happens when air heats, it becomes less buoyant, and pressure and temperature and all that's related, and that's why we can launch hot air balloons, you know? Can you imagine what it would be like if there wasn't any laws? Like, oh, if man. it was all just arbitrary? <laughs> yeah, that would be crazy. I mean, yeah. it's it, like you eat a piece of cheese and you explode. It looks like... <laughs> right! I mean, you know... <laughs> well, that happens to me all the time. It, it, would, but, yeah. <laughs> it looks like the Capitol building. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lo- oh. Looney Tunes. <laughs> right, with the Looney Tunes. <laughs> Don't look down, gravity doesn't work. <laughs> Don't look down, gravity doesn't work. <laughs> that's how it works in the cartoons. If as long as you don't look down, you right. won't fall. <laughs> right, that's right. Or the was it the the plane crash where it like stops like inches before the ground because it ran out of gas? Oh right. yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you know, I thank God that we live in a universe that uh, is created that way. You know that uh, that we have these uh, natural laws. Um, now, of course. Uh, I, this uh, is one of those things that people always ask about natural law in the universe. You know, God set it up that way, but you know, what does that mean about God's relation to it? Is He able to circumvent the natural laws of the universe, or does He does He just know more than we do about the natural laws of the universe? And that's how miracles are possible. I don't know. You know what? I'm I'm just not I'm just not capable of answering that question. So um, God's word hasn't told us. Yeah. It's just that we do know that in Him all things hold together. I think it's kind of yeah. like Space Jam. Mm. Where, you know, Michael Jordan plays by the rules mm. until he doesn't. Until he doesn't. <laughs> and then he, they win the game, you know? Right. Because he stretches his arm. Right, right. Sounds good to me. And, and, and uh, what's the first thing you're going to make for Burtlandia with your new uh, printer, your resin 3D printer? Uh, probably probably some uh, buildings. 
you know, now, now, buildings that look nice. Has everything been peaceful in Burtlandia lately? Is it? There has been a battle. Uh, yeah, there was one battle that took place, and oh yeah, yeah. Uh, also, there's been a space battle that happened as well. Uh, oh. My 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 son and I came up with a uh, space war game. We just like doing this. We don't we don't like play by anybody. You else's don't rules. actually play space war games. Well, we do. We oh, do. okay. But but we we don't we don't like play by somebody else's rules that they wrote we actually write up our own and or actually just it's me saying no this is what would happen and uh or this this is the turn <laughs> how the turns work and everything and he beat me so you know i made it up in my head and he beat me so so he might be interested in joining the space force at some point uh yeah yeah he actually asked about that once he said dad could i be the first astronaut to uh preach in space and i thought yeah sure you could do that that's fine you could go to Mars and be yeah. the first, you know, missionary to the Martians. Well, yeah, the first uh, uh, district president right. of the Red Planet District. The Red Planet District. Right. Well, you know, th- there are, there are some calls coming out of the seminary that first, that, you know, that are pretty darn close to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What what is this? Tell me. I'm curious. Is there? I don't know. There's just some. They're like like out in the middle of nowhere. Out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. 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 Yeah, like like Sumner, Iowa. Uh, one of you who's listening to this may get a call to uh, St. Paul's and St. John's Lutheran churches in Sumner, Iowa. And if you do, you'll be in my circuit, which will be great. Uh, besides that, it'll be great because the people there are great and they're they're doing what they do. Yeah. So uh, before we leave, we better get to the text. Vicar, uh, what what are we preaching on, yeah, Vicar? We're, we're now on sexagesima, so. We're now 60 days until Easter, and the reading is Luke 8, verses 4 to 15. So this is the very well-famous parable of the sower. All right. So can you give us a little summary? And this is one of the beautiful parables where we actually we learn how to interpretate. Yeah. Interpret. Yeah, interpretate. Is that a word, Vicar? Interpretate? It is now. Interpret? <laughs> yeah, it, it got added to the new dictionary. <laughs> That's yeah. part of my strategy. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a good, simple little parable about, that Jesus tells about a sower who goes out and scatters seed on different locations, different soil, and the plants grow up, and depending on where they are determines how well they last. And then the disciples ask him what this means, and he explains how this is teaching about faith. Well, Berg, you grew up in a farming community. What do farmers think of this? You're in... Yeah, I mean, is that a waste of, of grain? Yeah, I mean, well, and their way of of planting is a lot different than ours. I mean, you've got it down now with these GPS machines. You don't even drive anymore. You mm-hmm. know, you turn at the ends because uh, because you don't want to plant more seed than what you than what you can. And so, um, but yeah, I mean, even for farmers of this time period, why would you spread seed on a road? Why would you spread seed among thorns? It's silly. It's dumb. Um, it's not what you do. Especially the price of seed is ridiculous. A bag of seed is like a couple hundred bucks. Yeah. yeah, more than that almost, I think. Yeah. Well, and you know, you're talking about back then, you're talking about your own seed. Right. And this is like how you're going to live. So you don't want to like waste it either, you know? Uh, so it's not a, it, it's not an image that really, cause everybody thinks, oh, you know, the parables, you know, they're, 
uh, they conform to life so well and they really just, you know, it's just such a great image to teach, you know, it's like, no, actually oftentimes the, uh, these parables don't really make a whole bunch of sense. They're striking because they don't make as much sense as we would And then they like show them. how, uh, how ridiculous grace is. is. Hmm, right. Yeah. How it, in some ways you could see, well, the God of who created all this also then devised this too. There's some similarities, especially when he uses nature, but especially when it comes to even human involvement with others, like the dishonest manager or, Right. Um, or the, the one we talked about last time where everyone gets paid the same. Who does that? That's ridiculous. Right. Well, well, God's grace does that. That's ridiculous. Or even the prodigal son. We talked about it last time. We were uh, uh, Pastor Price and I were in the bar, and we got talking to this couple, and the man said, you know, I he hated the parable of the prodigal son. Hated it. Hated it because he's like, well, this shouldn't be the way it is. He should have to work his way back up. Yeah. It's yeah. like, yeah, you just you missed the entire point. Buddy. Yeah, or <laughs> you are the closer. older brother. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, Bert, you mentioned earlier you love this one. What is it that you like about this text? This text right here in front of us. Yeah, um, it got me thinking about the prodigal son now, which is another one I love. But this one right here, um, what I, what I love about this is uh, like something you guys have been talking about a little bit here. How gracious God is with His Word. You know, He's not. You know, he's um, if if you are the rocky soil, if you are the path, if you are the uh, the uh, um, the thorny soil, he's he's not going to take his word away uh, until it's time. You know, and and uh, it's a comforting thing because uh, God promises he's just gonna he's just gonna keep his word going at you. You know, um, oftentimes as as uh, experience shows, oftentimes a word from God will stick with somebody for days, weeks, months, even years. And uh, finally, you know, it'd be like, I just can't run away from that word anymore, <laughs> you know. Uh, and uh, and that's what happens. Uh, somebody, you know, finally um, at last repents and believes the gospel. I mean, that does happen. Um and and uh, that's a gracious thing from God uh, there that, uh, that 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 goes on. Now uh, it also shows us in this parable um, what what's not talked about. What is that word that bears fruit that is you know fifty, sixty, or hundredfold? I think that's mm-hmm. that's the way it goes at the end. What is that word of God that bears this fruit? It's the gospel. It's the good news. Of Jesus Christ, our Savior, that He died for our sins and rose again from the dead uh, for us, and uh, that's that's not explicit in the parable, but I, I think it's there too. So, yeah, I I find this this parable as a pastor behind the collar very comforting yeah. in this way. Um, when you you look at this text, it's easy to get discouraged about all the the seed that withers away and dies or gets trampled. Mm-hmm. Or gets choked out by the thorns and the cares and concerns of this world, right? And and to make that to be burdened by that. But if you look at the actual, what happens is that what happens is the the sower still brings in a beautiful harvest, mm-hmm. and the word still does its job, and uh, um, and I find that encouraging because. 
behind the car moment, is it easy for pastors to get discouraged about this parable in particular sometimes? We all know, we all we can att- attach names and faces mm-hmm. in our minds with each mm-hmm. of those things. So on the one hand, that can be very discouraging. But yet the sower continues to sow, doesn't he? Right. And he continues to bring in a harvest. Whether they hear or refuse to hear. <laughs> right? And, yeah. and, you know, the sower doesn't plant seed to lose. Mm-hmm. He doesn't plant seed to lose more than he had. And, uh, and and I think as a past as pastors, it's it's really good for us to remember that aspect of it, even though we have all sorts of reasons all the time for heartache, to be sad about it, to be discouraged. Right. What does God do? He produces a harvest. Right, right. That's good. Yeah, excellent. How about you, Berg? What do you think of this? I was thinking how uh, I was never allowed to drive the combine. <laughs> yeah, when I was back in Minnesota, that was always uh, my dad and grandpa's job, right? And I know it's it's on the other side of the harvest, but, uh, you know, um, but it's great because the sower is never actually, we're never, we never find out who the sower actually is in this parable, hmm. right? It never actually says who the sower is. I think we, we make a lot of assumptions, um, but the great thing is, is that the sower here can be anybody, hmm. any Christian, Right. Um, and what really matters is the word of God, the gospel, and that this Amen. is something that anybody can, uh, you know, this is really true evangelism, mm-hmm. right? This is, uh, uh, this is what we do in our daily lives. We go out and we, and we speak the gospel. Yeah, um, and, and it doesn't matter because uh, we don't actually know good soil or bad soil. We just, we do what we do, uh, and um, God brings forth a harvest. Yeah, and this this is I think also aimed at how we uh, approach the hearing of God's word to lead us to repentance, right? As well, and, and especially in Jesus's uh, explanation of it, because sometimes God's word comes at us and it goes in one ear and like the other, and we're like that seed planted um, in the on the path. You know, the devil comes and just snatches it away. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we're uh, like uh, that seed planted on the rocky ground, where you know we uh, we receive it with joy, but we we don't dig into it. It's no it's no root. Um, and also know, in the whole process, there's yeah. there's there's trust. Right. There's trust that uh, God will cause that seed to grow. There's trust that. Yeah. That uh, that uh, you know, after he sows a seed, the sower just kind of and the growth comes from God. The sower right. just kind of sits back and says, "All right, I gave him the word." Yeah, after you talked to that guy, right? right? Then you went and yeah, I don't know what went happened. To bed. Yeah, I went to bed and yeah, exactly. You're talking about from last episode, yep. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So long ago, I can't remember exactly what I exactly. said. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's the way it should be. I mean, right. you know, you don't have to. Because I think, unfortunately, a lot of people think you have to have some sort of script, no. or you have to have some sort of plan, or you have to, you know, have gone to seminary or some kind of nonsense mm-hmm. like that, and just speak the word. Yep. You know, and it'll do what it does. That's right. That's right. You don't need to know how to drive the planter or work the GPS. Yeah. I think that's that's fair. That's good. I like that. I like that. I'm going to use that. Hmm. All right. So what shall we do next? Uh, well, I think uh, Vicar has a top 12 list. Yeah. 
Vicar, I mean, uh, not Vicar, no. Uh, <laughs> you caught me. Peter, play the intro. Enough nonsense. It's time for Bullhagen's Top 12. All right, what, what is this list it. that you have? I'm at first. I'm really glad I don't have controls over the producing of this. Yeah, yeah. How, would you, how would you do this? Anyway? I don't know. <laughs> I feel like that, that's annoying. Yeah. So well, you can't. You, you don't have the hat. That's true, I don't. That is true. That's, that would make the difference. So it would be a different podcast. It would be very different. Yep. That's okay. That's okay. Right. So so this list is in part thanks to the confirmation class I'm teaching right now. We're going through the Old Testament. And a lot of people seem to think the Bible's about, you know, just teaching us how to love our neighbor as ourselves and all that. And it kind of misses all of the action hero type moments, especially in the Old Testament. There, there's a lot of there's a lot of moments that are worthy of an action movie. No, are these characters uh, are they natty? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I mean, Sam, Samson's on the list a couple well, times because he really deserves honesty, it. A moment of honesty. I think Vicar was thoroughly confused. I, yeah, about I, our bench press. I, I feel no shame admitting that I was sitting there wondering. It's like, what is this? Where, where are we trying to go with this? <laughs> And I was about probably a good two minutes behind everybody else. Muscle burn. What was the other thing you said it was? It was muscle barn and I uh, use a uh, freak factory. Freak, freak factory. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was the other one that got me. That got me tickled. I mean, uh, 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 yeah. <laughs> that got me tickled on the inside. <laughs> what am I saying? Okay. So this actually goes with uh, what uh, Pastor Bullegan did last time, right? Kind of, uh, yeah, a little. you know, uh, he talked a little bit about the action stars from the 1980s. So these are like the uh, action stars from the oh, 1450s to 1000 BC. BC, right? yeah. yeah, pretty much. So maybe as you go through these, uh, Bert's, gotta go. Bert's gotta go. Yeah, yeah. I got okay. Other things I gotta do today, but sorry about that, everybody. Okay. Bye bye. We'll miss you. Yep, we'll miss you guys too. Maybe next time I can see. Hey, can you just time. say a couple of Peter play the intros? Yeah, sure. Need them sure. For the rest of the episode. Okay, let's try one. All right, ready? Peter, play the intro. Right, here's another one. Here's another one. Peter, play the intro. Or how about this one? This one. Peter, play the intro. Yeah, that's a good one. All right. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Bert. <laughs> All right, so. Let's uh, get to this list. So maybe uh, what uh, Berg and I can do as a side to this is maybe we can try and come up with what actors would play this. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Challenge accepted. Are you catching what I'm throwing down? I, I am. I am. I so mean, they'll make it. Since Samson's on here a couple of times, that makes it a little easier. Okay. So there's not going to have to be 12, but. Well, you know, there can be, uh, what do you call it, where they replace the actor. Oh. Like halfway through it, I actually thought know? about that when I had like the... Batman. You know, you got Michael Keaton and Val Kilmer, and wait, you there, know. there's multiple Batmans. There, there are. When I when I had my are beard, you, are you sure? I I think there are. Okay. When I had the beard, <laughs> George George Clooney, your favorite? No, I I think he's your favorite. I, I'm bringing which out, Batman I'm... suit had the nipples? <laughs> that was George Clooney. I'm <laughs> breaking out on hives already, please. <laughs> 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 that one also had Arnold in it as Mister Freeze. <laughs> Oh, boy. In terms of the spirit of what a comic book movie should be, that was it. In terms of the execution, I don't know. <laughs> well, wasn't uh, oh my gosh, what's her name? Um, 
uh, Uma Thurman, wasn't she uh, Poison Ivy in that? Yes. Yeah. One of the, yeah. <laughs> Number 12. Assisted swan dive off of a balcony. So this is when, this is in Second Kings 9, so when Jehu orders the uh, execution of the evil queen Jezebel. So when Jehu came to Jezreel, Jezebel heard of it, and she painted her eyes and adorned her head and looked out of the window. And as Jehu entered the gate, she said, Is it peace, you Zimri, murderer of your master? And he looked up, and he looked, lifted up his face to the window and said, Who is on my side? Who? Two or three eunuchs looked out at him. He said, Throw her down. So they threw her down. And some of her blood splattered on the walls and on the horses, and they trampled on her. Okay, I have one. All right. Uh, what's her name? Charlize Theron. For Jezebel? Yeah. Oh. I, I was thinking Elvira. Remember that? <laughs> So, so on one we've got we've got maybe the the skill, and the other we have the demeanor. <laughs> well, you know, because I was thinking her because you know she's got kind of this beauty to her, mm-hmm. but she has also played uh, some real tough characters uh, over the years, mm-hmm. uh, like in Monster yeah. and in you know um, I watched one the other day that was really uh, kind of violent. So, but uh, so no, that's where you know because I mean let's face it. Jezebel is a dragon lady. Mm-hmm. I mean, anyone who can kill all the prophets of the Lord and get away with it for that long and is and is willing to call Jehu uh Zimri murderer, basically saying a rebel calling him a rebel uh when he's right there with his soldiers. Note to Peter, the title of this episode is Jezebel was a dragon lady. <laughs> <laughs> what about Jehu? Oh, Michael Fassbender. Oh. Michael Fassbender. Okay, why? Because later on, he's just his his driving's described as crazy. That's true. Yeah, and yeah. I I've, I remember seeing an episode of Top Gear. Okay, when Fassbender was on, and his driving. What is about one of the Fast of and Furious ones? Ooh, like, oh, uh, Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel. <laughs> that might work. I I could see that. I mean, he's a he's a military guy. You know, The Rock is in there too. Mm-hmm. But we might want to keep him keep for him other, for someone else for, for yeah. some others. So. All right. Yeah, speaking of number 11. Number 11. So the title I've got, Nice City Gate. It'd be a shame if someone would take it. <laughs> so here we are at Samson when he, well-known, you know, he just literally steals a city gate. So this is Judges 16. Um, I'll, yeah, so Samson went to Gaza. There he saw a prostitute and went into her. The Gazites were told Samson has come here, and they surrounded the place and set an ambush for him all night at the gate of the city. They kept quiet all night, saying, Let us wait till the morning, then we will kill him. But Samson lay till midnight, and at midnight he arose and took hold of the doors of the gate of the city and the two posts, and pulled them up, bar and all, and put them on his shoulders and carried them to the top of the hill that is in front of Hebron. All right. All right. So, uh, Berg, uh, do you have the rock for that one? Or to me, this. You know, I think that would be like the obvious choice. I think. The Conan, but the Barbarian Arnold. Yeah, certainly. I I have one that's maybe a little off the wall here. Okay, Toby Maguire. Hmm. Because like I've always thought, like everybody thinks that you know Samson is like this big swole, whatever, right? And we know that his strength comes from the spirit of God. So I just like I imagine like the diary of a wimpy kid <laughs> with long hair, where he uh, the spirit <laughs> rushes on him and he's just like. 
So, so, so like like the Hulk, but without the transformation physically. Right. So like you know, Banner <laughs> going around like you know. How about uh, Garth? If that's the case, he's got the long hair. Garth from uh, Wayne's World. Yes. So who would be the <laughs> prostitute then? Uh, well, you'd have to go with uh, who's his girlfriend in that one. You could do uh, in the in the second one, doesn't he get a girlfriend? Oh, Garth, is that uh, Heather Locklear? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was thinking Julia Roberts could. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A little bit of typecasting there. Yeah. <laughs> so, if you don't know who... The, oh, uh, yes. Uh, Hannah, please put these pictures up <laughs> with, on Facebook. So... <laughs> Man, there's going to be a lot of really good pop cultural jokes in this, isn't there? As, as there should be. Number 10. Phineas makes a point. So, we're going a little further back now. This is... In the book of Numbers, this is when there was a plague in the camp of the Israelites, and yeah, the the grandson of Aaron kind of goes a little beyond what I would have expected as his vocation. So, so Numbers twenty five, and behold, one of the people of Israel came and brought a Midianite woman to his family in the sight of Moses and in the sight of the whole congregation of the people of Israel, while they were weeping in the entrance of the tent of meeting. When Phineas, the son of Eleazar, son of Aaron the priest, saw it. He rose and left the congregation and took a spear in his hand and went after the man of Israel into the chamber and pierced both of them, the man of Israel and the woman, through her belly. Thus the plague on the people of Israel was stopped. All right, so do you have a pick for this one? Okay, I'm going to go with uh, the Israelite man is uh, Adam Sandler. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hey. Yeah. Both Jewish. <laughs> That is true. Um, are, are you then going to have to pick Drew Barrymore as as the Midianite woman, since they are in movies pretty frequently? Yeah, we'll do that. <laughs> we'll do that, Drew Barrymore. Okay. Like wedding singer uh, Adam Sandler, or like later Adam Sandler, like middle-aged Adam Sandler? Uh, well, see, the younger Adam Sandler is the kind who would get mixed up in that kind of thing, see? Okay. Fair point. And then uh, probably the for uh, Phineas, I'm going to go with um, Russell Crowe. Okay. Because he, mm-hmm. like in some of his movies, he has, he's really good at rage, like mm-hmm. all of a sudden getting angry. and I, I don't know. I, I read this, and I, I see him just being way too calm at it. Well, have, like, have you seen the trailer so for the, the, what is the movie? Unhinged. Unhinged. Ooh. Yeah, he's he's crazy in that one. Um. I was thinking for Phineas Thomas Paine from uh, from Prodigal. Oh yeah, yeah. You know he looks like the kind of guy who would stab somebody. Sure. Yeah, and he's he's already in that picture. He's already got the beard for it, to right? Be, to be a soon to be priest. Indeed. So, yeah. Number nine. Out foxing them with fire, and we're back to Samson. And this is well, like the title kind of says he used foxes to cause him arson. So Judges fifteen. Uh, and Samson said to them, This time I shall be innocent in regard to the Philistines when I do them harm. So Samson went and caught 300 foxes and took torches. And he turned them tail to tail and put a torch between each pair of tails. And when he s- had set fire to the torches, he let the foxes go in the standing grain of the Philistines and set fire to the stacks of grain and the standing grain as well as the, as the olive orchards. Okay, instead of a person, I'm going to go with a place for this. 
All right. Um, Kansas. Because of all the wheat. That's fair. Oh, I thought you were going to say there's a lot of foxes. <laughs> <laughs> I actually saw I actually saw a fox for, oh, it's been many years since I've seen a fox. Uh, I saw a fox up in Minnesota kind of bounding along, and it, it slid into the into the uh, cornfield. This was probably like three, four months ago. It was awesome. There, there, there would certainly need to be a montage of him trapping all of these foxes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in just increasingly goofy ways. Well, this this might be actually might be better as a uh, cartoon. This one. That's true. Because you know, <laughs> you have the you have all these foxes. Like it's kind of like a um, one hundred and one Dalmatians part two, where right. <laughs> where, ah. Oh, like he catches another one. He just has this huge bin. He just tosses right. So, so that's the thing. It's like so. I'm still wondering. Like he had to have help, right? Because when you have 300 foxes, like, does he, did, did he have them all together? Did he, like, was this, like, a couple-day thing, you know? Yeah, did, I mean, he, like, did he do, like, the traditional fox hunting with the dogs and prancing around? <laughs> You've been watching too much Downton Abbey. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We have a visitor coming. We need to prepare for the next year and a half. <laughs> you know, as an ADHD person, how do you think that show would go with me? I think you'd be bouncing off the walls after about <laughs> five and a half minutes. <laughs> Number eight. Allow me to sneak into your city and conquer it. So this is David's uh, conquest of Jerusalem in Second Samuel 5. So the king and his men marched to Jerusalem to attack the Jebusites who lived there. The Jebusites said to David, you will not get in here. Even the blind and the lame can ward you off. They thought David cannot get in here. Nevertheless, David captured the fortress of Zion, which is the city of David. On that day, David's head said, Anyone who conquers the Jebusites will have to use the water shaft to reach those lame and blind, who are David's enemies. This is why they say the blind and the lame will not enter the place. All right. Uh, for me, okay. when I, when I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't have the name, the, the actor who plays Thor. Oh, Chris Helmsworth? I think he'd, Helms- be, he'd be a Helmsworth. good David. Yeah, he would. Um, I was thinking a young Lou Diamond Phillips. Ooh. Oh yeah, because uh, I don't know. I just he, he seems like this is a really just a cunning move. He can pull off the charisma for it. Yeah, I mean you know the charisma and just the cunning. I've always thought that he's a like a cunning actor. So I you know, well, one I can't see is Tom Cruise. <laughs> no, no, nope. I don't, In any yeah. of these, no, but uh, unless you really want to go for the ironic for Samson. <laughs> Although, although considering what I have later on, I I wonder if possibly uh, Daniel Day Lewis for David. Oh yeah, particularly he's a great actor. Particularly his, uh, Last Mohicans version. Okay, it's been a long time so, since I've seen that movie. Number seven, the Macho Man brings down the house. So this is Samson's last and greatest act in mm-hmm. Judges sixteen. Then Samson called to the Lord and said, "O Lord God, please remember me and please strengthen me only this once. O God, that I may be avenged on the Philistines for my two eyes." And Samson grasped the two middle pillars on which the house rested, and he leaned his weight against them, his right hand on one and his left hand on the other. And Samson said, Let me die with the Philistines. Then he bowed with all his will, and the house fell upon the lords and upon all the people who were in it. So the dead whom he killed at his death were more than those whom he had killed during his life. Okay, I have a special spot in my heart for this one, because this always makes me think of the Hanna-Barbera Greatest Adventures of the Bible. Did you ever watch those? No. They were cartoons, 
and it's great. Uh, Hannah, please put, you know, there's a YouTube video for Samson, and it's got this scene, and that's every time I hear or read about the, the destruction of the temple, I think back to that cartoon, uh, which was really, I mean, it, I think it was pretty cool. So still even how many years later, so. <laughs> so do you have an actor? Um, it's a third set. Um, yeah, maybe The Rock for this one. Sure. Just because of his work in Hercules, which was a terrible movie. But, you know, I think I think with his acting experience now, he could pull it off, so. How about, who was the, oh, I'm, there's an actor, uh, oh, I'm trying to think, oh, I don't know, I'm not going to come up with it. <laughs> Is there a Sorbo? Uh, like Kevin Sorbo? I mean, he played Hercules on the TV series. He did. So he would be good. Yeah. He, um, he, he, a younger he, version. Cause, I he, mean, he'd probably be the go-to person if someone actually wanted to make a Christian movie on Samson. Yeah, They've made one already. Um, and I don't know. I watched like the first, you know. It wouldn't be a G-rated movie. <laughs> no. No, I mean. but, but no, that, None of these little stories here fit right. in a G-rated movie. Like the great thing is, I mean, honestly, like any of the major things like Stars or HBO, like – they could just do, like, just pull it from the Bible. And don't, you know what I mean? Don't change anything, right? you know? And you would have kind of the same uh, response like you had to Game of Thrones and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Because, like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, do a biopic on David, and you're already having censorship issues. <laughs> right. I mean, you know, it's... 104 skins of Philistines to as a bi- bridal price. I mean, you know. <laughs> it's I right? right? I mean, you know. The other the other actor I was singing for this was Louis Anderson. Yeah. <laughs> Leaning on the pillars. <laughs> I think yeah. these are going to fall down now. <laughs> hey, what's going on? They're not falling. <laughs> oh boy. Number 6. Little math here: three hundred torches plus one dark knight equals a lot of dead Midianites. So this is our classic story of Gideon, mm-hmm. which I'll admit I do like the Veggie Tale version, just because it's 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 pretty decently goofy. Okay, but yeah. So Judges seven. So Gideon and the hundred men who were with him came to the outskirts of the camp at the beginning of the middle watch, when they had just set the watch, and they blew the trumpets and smashed the jars that were in their hands. Then the three companies blew the trumpets and broke the jars. They held in their hands the torches and in their right hand the trumpets to blow, and they cried out, A sword for the Lord and for Gideon. Every man stood in his place around the camp, and all the army ran. They cried out and fled. When they blew the three hundred trumpets, the Lord set every man's sword against his comrade and against all the army. All right, you got yeah. somebody? Um, not yet. Who do you have? Andrew Garfield. Okay. Ah. Oh. So he, uh, oh, is that one of the Spider Man? Spider Man. Yeah, yeah. He was one of the Spider. Because I don't know. I just I think the way in which he kind of holds himself, it, it would work well for Gideon, because I think he's got. Well, wasn't he also in Silence, as one of the priests? That sounds correct. I I want to say. Let's see. Um, he was in the Amazing Spider Man. He was in Hacksaw Ridge as Desmond Doss. Yeah, he was also in Silence. So he would, uh, I think he's got the chops to play kind of this internal struggle that mm-hmm. Gideon has. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's also, um, 
I think young enough mm-hmm. because I don't know. I we don't really know how old right. Gideon was, but I mean he looks fairly young, so I think it would you know play well. Yeah, that's a good one. Do you have someone in mind, Vicar? No, actually, I like that. I would go with Louis Anderson again. <laughs> Or Adam Sandler. He, he, he should just play all the characters. Mel Brooks. That's, I, <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, if Mel Brooks was Mel directing us, we'd be doomed. Oh, my gosh. Number five. So, sneaking the spies out of the city. This would be the story of Rahab. Uh, and she said to the men, uh, I know that the Lord has given you the land and that the fear of you is upon us and that all the inhabitants of the land melt away before you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you when you came out of Egypt. And... When, and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan, to Sihon and Og, whom you devoted to destruction. And as soon as we heard it, our hearts melted, and there was no spirit left in any man because of you, for the Lord your God. He is God in the heavens above and on the earth beneath. Now then, please swear to me by the Lord that, as I have dealt kindly with you, you also will deal kindly with my father's house, and give me a sure sign that you will save alive my father and mother, my brothers and sisters, and all who belong to them, and deliver our lives from death. And the men said to her, Our lives for yours, even to death. If you do not tell this business of ours, then when the Lord gives us the land, we will deal kindly and faithfully with you. Then she let them down by a rope through the window, for her house was built into the city wall, so that she so that she lived in the wall. All right. Well, I've got I've got someone here. And it's going to pose there's that there's been a huge blind spot in our uh, our actors and actresses. Okay. So I'm I'm gonna go with uh, Queen Latifah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, she's kind of got some. She's sa- got a tough yeah, toughness about her, right? Right. She's kind of sassy. <laughs> What's so funny, Vicar? <laughs> I'm just I'm just picturing it now and hearing this now in her voice. It's like that that strangely works. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah. so I'll, I'll go with. I wasn't expecting it. Queen Latifah, because nope. she, she, because she, she's, yeah, yeah. She got no, some street I, smarts to her, you know. Some yeah, she's, she's got a very tough, can be a very tough, and at the same time very kind. Right. Nope. Yeah, I see it. I was thinking uh, a young Catherine Zeta Jones, because you know she is with lasers. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So, because, you know... She, she, she did mark her house with a scarlet thread, so, I mean, red laser, scarlet... Th- sure? Yeah, there you go. Because, <laughs> I mean, you know, like, we forget that Rahab was a prostitute, you know? So she's kind of a seductive, sultry, mm-hmm. you know? So... So, yeah. I even know what, what movie the red lasers were from. <laughs> Isn't that an entrapment? Or is it... I don't remember now. Moving on. Yeah, moving on. Number four. Number four. Yeah. Number four. So sneaking weapons past the security. And this is probably my favorite story from Judges. This is Ehud. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Ehud made for himself a sword with two edges, a cubit in length, and he bound it on his right thigh under his clothes. And he presented the tribute to Eglon, king of Moab. Now, Eglon was a very fat man. And when Ehud had finished presenting the tribute, he sent away the people who carried the tribute. But he himself turned back at the idols near Gilgal and said, I have a secret message for you, O king. And he commanded silence. And all his attendants went out from his presence. And Ehud came to him as he was sitting alone in his cool roof chamber. And Ehud said, I have a message from God for you. 
and he arose from his seat, and he who'd reached with his left hand took the sword from his right thigh and thrust it into his belly. Okay, so for Eglon, obviously Mike Myers. You think so? Well, you know, like the fat suit and right. You know. Oh yeah, or whoever that actor was for Dune. Do you remember that? Uh, movie? How about Andre the Giant for for uh, Ehud or for Eglon? Eglon. Okay, he's not really fat enough though. That's true. Uh, for Ehud, I think um, Daniel Craig, like a James Bondy sly type of a thing. Okay, yeah, I see that. Um, who who is the the strong man who was in uh, Game of Thrones? We haven't used him yet. Oh yeah, um, I think he changed. Like they changed that actor a lot. Okay, for Eglon, this is um, Kenneth McMillan. Okay, from he was in the 1984 Dune. Oh yeah, yeah. There you go. Super fat, super awful. So yeah. So yeah. Uh, as for uh, Ehud, yeah, I think I agree with you. Daniel Craig. Yeah. Because because he's he's got that being James Bond he's got that sneakiness like hiding something yeah right either that or Bruce Willis is the other yeah Bruce Willis would be good um what about that Statham oh Jason Ooh. Statham yeah I've got a message I've got a message from God for you yeah I can see that <laughs> no Keanu Reeves would be great. <laughs> Oh. You know, because he wouldn't really say a lot. You know, he's just kind of. How did we make it to number four on the list and forget about him? I don't know how we fo- forgot about Keanu Dracula, <laughs> which is his worst movie ever. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh! All right, where are we at? Number three. Number three. I tie for this one. Uh, nail his head to the floor. This would be the story of JL, which we did talk about fairly recently. We did. Um, Nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I probably don't need to read the whole of it. Let's just skip down to number to later in the verse. So yeah, it's Judges 4. Uh, but Jael, the wife of Heber, took a tent peg and took a hammer in her hand. Then she went softly to him and drove the peg into his temple until it went down to, into the ground while he was lying fast asleep from weariness. So he died. And behold, as Barak was pursuing Sisera, Jael went out to meet him and said to him, Come, I will show you the man whom you are seeking. So he went into her tent and there lay Sisera dead with the tent peg in his temple. So the w- woman's got to be strong. Jennifer Lawrence. Oh, of course. Yeah. She was already in the Hungry Games, so. I could could see her nailing some dude's head to the floor. Yeah, I I could see that. (laughs) Now, how about Cicera? You need need someone who who looks like a legitimate threat to make it even more ironic that, oh, he was killed by a girl. Right. And someone that you want, someone with like a very... You know how some actors have like a very punchable face. You know what I mean by that? <laughs> like you want to see their head get right, to the... <laughs> right. Like, uh, oh, who is the actor in Back to the Future who played uh, Biff? Biff. Oh my god. Okay, I'll look that up. Very punchable yeah, face. It, that it's that or the 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 karate teacher from the Karate Kid. Oh yeah. Have you been watching Cobra Kai? I, I haven't. Oh my gosh. Yeah, you want to punch that guy in the face. Uh, Thomas F. Wilson plays Biff in all three films. Yes. Thomas F. Wilson, yes. and then uh, Karate <laughs> Martin Cove as John Kreese. Yeah. Number two. Thunderbolts and lightning. Very, very frightening. Oh, yeah. Elijah. And his showdown with the prophets of Baal. Right. I 
Yeah, this is First Kings nineteen. I'll I'll skip to the good part because it's a it's a long one and it's got some great sass in it. But yeah, at and at the time of the offering of the oblation, Elijah the prophet came near and said, "O Lord God of Abraham and Isaac and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant, and that I have done all these things at your word. Answer me, O Lord, answer me, that this people may know that you, O Lord, are God, and that you have turned their hearts back." Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt offering and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and said, The Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. And Elijah said to them, Seize the prophets of Baal. Let not one of them escape. And they seized them. And Elijah brought them down to the brook Kishon and slaughtered them there. Okay, I got it. Okay, go for it. All right. Uh, so my Elijah in this... Would be Will Smith. Ooh. Okay. Okay. Because uh, he has that, uh, he's got a little bit of the, he can wrestle with things a little bit, but he's also got a little bit of the nastiness, like welcome to earth, punching the alien yeah. guy. Right. Yeah. Okay. You with me so far? Yeah. Okay. I'm following. And then the the prophets of Baal would be the entire cast of MXC. <laughs> ah, I like it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> ah, not Glee. <laughs> they, they can they can be the the, the the prophets for Asherah that are also there. Ah, <laughs> oh man. So I was thinking Charlton Heston, if we could bring him back to life to mm-hmm. do Elijah, because I think he would do a. But well, I mean, if we're doing that, I mean John Wayne, right? Yeah. I mean, but the problem is if we have Heston playing Elijah, he's now played two thirds of the people who were on the mountain at Transfiguration. Right. right. That's and, okay. Yeah. We just have a green screen and go back and forth. Okay. So uh, if we can't do that, I was thinking Michael Sheen. Okay. Because he's awesome. How about Benedict Cumberbatch? No. He doesn't strike me. You need somebody with a good beard. Okay. Yeah. You know? And he doesn't... He's got the voice for it. If you could have his voice, but then kind of more of a... I don't know. Stocky, well-built, bearded guy. Is that that's the image I have in my mind? But yeah, you need yeah. Elijah should look like he's about half a second away from punching someone randomly. Yeah, something like that. And number one, David brings a, a sniper rifle to a knife fight. Of course, of course. Mm-hmm. The yeah, is it is it really much surprise that number one action hero movie event in the Old Testament is? David's fight with Goliath. Sure. So, uh, so who who do we got playing who on this one? I mean, I, I already said I think Daniel Day Lewis from back as Last of Mohicans makes a lot of sense. And Goliath. Hmm. Goliath the the strong man. You what's his name? Oh, from uh, yeah, whatever his name is, the uh, actor. Magnus Veer Magnuson or something like that. Yeah. Um, um, but who would you have play David? Like someone who's, because what is David now? I mean, he's like 17, 20 years old. Right. Yeah. Roughly. Right. Because you the, the obvious choice might be someone small, but he wasn't necessarily compared to Goliath. He was small, but he was... Right. Attractive. He, he's what you'd expect of like your generic farm kid who'd been out and about and working 
I'm gonna go with Tom Holland. Ooh, I'm not sure who that is. He's uh, playing the new Spider-Man in the. Yeah, he's uh, he's the new. Oh, Spider-Man. okay. Th- then would a would a good option for Goliath be the actor who plays Drax? I could see that. Um, yeah, I could see that. Or how about I this? I can't remember his name though. That's the how problem. about I got a better David. Okay, Ralph Macchio. <laughs> <laughs> Since we're going on a theme, right? Uh, I mean, right, you know. Yeah, no. <laughs> he, he fits the type and fits the type. <laughs> of course. Oh, boy. Hey, let's do this and then find theme songs for it. No. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe next time. It'd have to be like, it'd have to be 80s music, wouldn't so, it? So, Hannah, you know, we're sorry. We gave you so much homework. Yeah, but. This and, would be really awesome. And and listeners, if you have better suggestions, please let us know. Vicar, where can they find us yeah. at? Well, if they want to send their angry email to us about how we got it wrong, they can email us feedback at clericalerrors.org. We're on Facebook, uh, facebook.com cla- uh, slash podcast, And then on Twitter, at clericalerrorsp. P, P for podcast. P for podcast. At me, bro. Well, great. Um, that actually took a lot more... More time than I thought. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the whole naming the actors really kicked it up a notch a little bit. Yep. <laughs> so uh, why don't we do, we haven't done a, a pastor piece. Do you have a short pastor yep, piece? Yep, I have a short pastor piece theater. So Peter, play the intro. So uh, welcome to Pastor's Peace Theater with Pastor Berg. All right. So um, I have a, I was reading a Faith Life the other day. And I found a, a wonderful poem here that's based off of uh, uh, Psalm 23. And uh, really, um, what uh, the verse that it really focuses on and riffs off of is verse 2 He maketh me to lie down in green pastures, he leadeth me beside the still waters. So, here is a poem uh, from a book, I, I assume, Our Hope. Uh, and it's entitled, He Leadeth Me. In pastures green, nor always. Sometimes he who knoweth best in kindness leadeth me in weary ways where heavy shadows be, out of the sunshine warm and soft and bright, out of the sunshine into darkest night. I oft would faint with sorrow and affright. Only for this, I know he holds my hand. So whether led in green or desert land, I trust, although I may not understand. And by still waters? No, not always so. Oft times the heavy tempests round me blow, and o'er my soul the waves and billows go. But when the storms beat loudest and I cry, aloud for help the master standeth by, and whispers to my soul, Lo, it is I. Above the tempest wild I hear him say, Beyond the darkness lies the perfect day, In every path of thine I lead the way. So whether on the hilltops high and fair I dwell or in the sunless valleys where the shadows lie, what matter? He is there. And more than this, Whate'er the pathway lead, he gives to me no hopeless broken reed, but his own hand, sufficient for my need. So where he leads me I can safely go, and in the blessed hereafter I shall know why in his wisdom he has led me so. I like that. Um, what what hit you about that? Why did you... Uh... What, I, hit, what hit with you? I think everybody, you know, everybody loves Psalm 23 so much. Um, and it's a, it's a good thing. It, it's a very good thing to love Psalm 23. Um, 
but they often think about it in a very naive way in that, uh, you know, oh, you know, I'll never want, you know, I, I leave, I live in pastures green and I'm led by still waters, but they always forget about thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Mm-hmm. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and I think this poem really is, um, a very realistic view. It brings a theology of the cross into it a little bit right. more. Right, and that despite the fact that we don't always walk in green pastures and the fact that the waters are often tremulous and in turmoil, um, God is still there leading us, and it is for our good. Um, I trust, although I may not understand. Um that is a that is a very comforting thing, especially uh, in days like this, uh, just in life in general, because we don't know what's going to happen, and life isn't always a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet, we trust that our shepherd leads us where we need to go, and that if he's leading us through desert lands, um, there's a purpose to it. Right um, there is a there's a goal in mind that can't be reached any other way or in a way that would actually end up destroying us. So, um, it, it take it, it kind of, the poem gives, uh, the 23rd Psalm really the teeth that it really has. Right. Um, and yeah, it, it gives you that, I think, mature perspective of it that is often lacking. Um, so, um, which is, I mean, not lacking in the psalm itself, but just lacking in us. So, did I ever tell you that what happened one time when I uh, there's I went to visit someone and it was after surgery and everything was fine. It was a minor surgery, and uh, I I, th- I thought she had said that she liked the twenty third psalm, so I read the twenty third psalm. But for some reason, she had in her mind that you read the twenty third psalm uh, to someone when they're dying, and so. She comes out of surgery, I'll read the 23rd Psalm, and then she gets this panic look because she thinks she's now dying because I'm there reading her the 23rd Psalm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's so terrible. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. You're okay. You're, you're, Everything's you're fine. okay. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, and, and I just, I hope that, um, I don't know, I hope the listener... You know, after hearing this and thinking about the 23rd Psalm, you know, go home, memorize it. If you already have that one memorized, you should go memorize another one. Um, because there's a lot in the Psalms uh, in where you can take comfort. Um, very wonderful stuff. So I would try to make that, you know, a goal for the week. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know what Psalm to memorize, ask your pastor. There you go. And I think that's a, that's a beautiful way to kind of to put a bow on this. Yep. So thank you uh, for listening. Thank you, Bert, for being here when you could. And uh, um, thank you. it's been good uh, to get you guys together again. It's, I always have fun doing this. So Yep. So, uh, you know, I, we've we've been doing this for almost two years now, and we wouldn't keep doing it if we didn't have fun doing it for sure. Right. So um, that being said, I'm Bullhagen. I'm Berg. And I'm Vicar. Uh, thank you for listening. May your dragon ladies be painted. Thank you for joining us. This podcast is available on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Questions, thoughts, concerns? 
You can contact us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast, on Twitter at clericalheirsp for podcast, or email us at feedback at clericalheirs.org. Thanks for listening to Clerical Heirs. See you next time.